All right, today, I've got a brief word that I'm going to be sharing. Most of the time, we are going to look into the scriptures. Expect to hear a lot of, a lot of scriptures, so just set your, set your heart, or set your, if you have your pain, you can write the scriptures down, you can read them later on. But while waiting on the Lord and meditating on what it is that we like, I would like us to share today, Everything was laid out, and then suddenly, oh, you'll be surprised, yesterday, this is what the Lord finally came up after I had made all my arrangements and what have you, this is what I will share in the, in the house of God. This word dropped into, dropped, and I had, to, I had it very clearly in my ears, and the word came forth, and I said, all right, Father, we'll run with it, and let us go, let us, let, let us hear what it is that you've got to teach us, as he teaches me, and he teaches you for the honor of his name. We have set course for this particular year, and we are looking up unto the Father with a desire and with an expectation that great things are going to happen for you, for your family, for me, for every one of us, and even for this particular nation. And he indicates that, yes, he's going to do that, those great and mighty things that he has promised to be able to do in your life. There will be a change, but there is one word that is passing across unto us as we set to partake on what of what it is that he has laid before us. This is the question that came. And the, the, the word, the, the voice that spoke, it says, Who is lying at your door? Or who is crouching at your door? Or who is lying? Or, or, or do you know who, what is or what is or who is lying at your door or crouching at your door? That is... It is like outside your door. You are right inside and you're safe and you're feeling all is well. But he's asking you this for your question. Do you know who is lying at your door or who is crouching at your door? There are many times that we, we, lose, you know, we lose focus or we get so engrossed in many of the things that we may, we may be involved in. And we miss out on some certain things that the Lord has ordained and set out for us. Because we don't know what is lying at our door. Because the moment you step out to go to enter into it, he was crouching like a lion, crouching, waiting for you. The moment you reach out, he launches out, you know, he latches out, and he gets hold of you, and he trips you. And you discover you miss that particular opportunity. You miss that particular chance. chance you miss that particular blessing. Not because God didn't plan for you to get it. No. The Father's plan is that you get what it is that he has desired you to get. And he has made all the necessary provision for you, you to be able to get it. But many other times that we miss it, simply because the enemy diverts us in one way or another. And we miss the target that the Lord had ordained for us. And he expects you and I to be alert. He is not calling you to be uh, like a robot or just a baby. He says he doesn't want us to be babies, always to be afraid. He says the kingdom of God advances forcefully, and the forceful lay hold of it. You must be forceful in the kingdom of God to lay hold of the promises that he has placed before you, or he has placed for your family, or he has placed before us in this particular year. And that's what I want you to say to your heart. I will be forceful this year. And as it pertains to the things of God, 
I'm not going to sit back and I expect them to flow my way. I'll pursue them and make sure I get hold, I get hold of them. I will seek to know my, you know, my compound. I will seek to know my territory and make sure that my territory is clear of any particular interference for the glory of God. I will take it upon myself to always walk around my house and make sure I know is everything all right around my house. Or maybe the enemy has come and planted something within my house or within around my house to trip me or to cause havoc in one way or another to interfere with what God or the Father has ordained and desired to happen in my life. He says the callings and the gifts of God, they are without repentance. They are irrevocable. But although the callings and the giftings of God are irrevocable, you and I, We've got a part to play in the fulfillment of every one of these particular callings and these giftings for the honor of his holy name. If we play around with them, they will fall through our fingers and they fall, they fall through. We miss an opportunity. You, you, I, always, I like the space programs and you know, every time that they are, they are sending out the rockets or whatever, it's as if, they, if, if what I've read is correct. There is a particular place where, or a particular timing where the rocket is able to break through, that we are certain window to be able to break through to get free of the, of the gravity or whatever, the gravity of, of Earth. Otherwise, even if they shoot, you will not manage to break through. They must have to have enough power and at a certain position, a certain angle, they will not shoot it in any particular place. There are certain places where, you know, maybe the force is weak. A weakest at a certain point so that the rocket is able to penetrate through the special shuttles or whatever. They are able to run out and go into space. Similarly to you and to me, our prayer life and all the things that the Father desires us to attain. We are in one dimension and the Father is in a different dimension. The, thing, the spiritual things are in different dimensions from where we are in the physical. But the Father desires you to be able to launch out. Whatever it is, when you speak out, that it's like your, your prayer is like a rocket. It will be able to penetrate through. And, you know, that window, there's always a window, a window of that the Lord has set. For you as a child of God, it can be any time. But you must be said to always identify that particular window. Because you'll be, he's everywhere at all times. But it is you who has to position yourself to make sure I will not miss that particular window. And I pray by his grace that this year, every missile that you launch, it will be able to penetrate through. Every rocket that you launch to go out, into it will be able to land in the right place for the glory of God. And in Jesus' name, you'll be able to get the desire of your heart because he who has called is faithful. So let us move. Who is crouching at your door? Who is lying at your door? Quickly, if you just read Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 8. The word of God says the following. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell so the lord said to cain why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen 
If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, now listen, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Verse 8 says, Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Remember verse 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Now, first and foremost, I want you to take note. Who is Cain? This is the firstborn of Adam. The very first fruit that came forth from Adam. And it is interesting that what does the evil one plan? He wants to make sure he corrupts the very first fruit that comes forth. He wants to make sure that he destroys it and hence it will have an effect on all the other fruits, on every other thing that comes out. It is, it is, as, as they used to say in the Old Testament, they say that the firstborn was like, or the first son or the firstborn was like the strength, the firstborn was like the strength of the parents. And hence, that if you look at here, the very firstborn that comes forth, the enemy comes in and there is a plan that he has set in store. It would, we would believe the Lord God had great, great plans for Cain, regardless of what happened. We're now looking back and we, 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 know we can judge Cain whichever way. But I want you to realize he had an opportunity. And the opportunity was very clear. The Lord himself came and spoke to him. He didn't leave him alone to, to just, you know, stumble, and stumble, stumble in the path. He came and he told him, Cain, there is something that is happening. Outside your door, there is something called sin. It is waiting for you. But you, have, you must rule over it. You have got the power, I've got the power to rule over it. But Cain chose not to rule over that particular sin. He continued to meditate on it in his mind. And so in verse, you know, you can see in verse 8, as if he, he talked to his brother. And he took him maybe to the farm to, so that they are away alone. And maybe while the brother was busy, maybe bending, doing something for him in the ground, the guy came and struck him and killed and killed him. And hence, blood came on his hands. And a curse was placed upon him. He missed a promise or a blessing that was a sign that he would have gotten, let us say, as the firstborn of, of, the, of, of, of the first human beings on earth. He blew up. He blew out that particular chance. He killed his brother and then himself he was cast. The whole family was in disarray from that particular, from that particular moment. Regardless of what Adam had done. But I want you to realize he had the opportunity. You and I, I want you also to look at yourself as we sit into this particular year. The Lord is asking this question. Do you know what is lying at your door? I have given you promises. I have given you a word. I have set to bless and to do ABCD in your life. But I want you to know what is lying outside at your door. Look in yourself and look, I look in myself. 
as we position ourselves to achieve what God is planning to achieve through this particular church, through your, you as an individual. I want you to start in my, is checking what, is my, what might be lying at my door. What might be lying at my door? You can obviously see in Cain, there is envy and jealousy that is, you know, brooding up within his particular spirit as it, it, it rises up. Why has he been accepted and not me? Why has his offering been acceptable before the Lord and not mine? Why, what is so special about him or about her that I do not have? What is different about him that I do not have? And those things happen in our lives, even in our fellowship as children of God. And it's what the Lord is looking at in your life and in my life. And let us start analyzing ourselves that when I discover there is a trace, or is there a trace of jealousy? Is there a trace of envy? Is there a trace of a negativeness against my brother or against my sister? The Lord says very clearly in, 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 that, in that particular verse, it says, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And thus, this year determined in your heart by the grace of God. Cry unto God, tell him, tell him, Father, I can sense there is this particular thing that is holding me back. There is this particular habit that I'm having that is holding me back. I, it, I know its desire is for me, but I must rule over it. I will get over it and you know, trample it under my feet and be victorious in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a discipline that must be you know, manufactured within your personality that I'm not going to sit back and expect things to happen for me. As I pray and believe, I will arise and move forward forcefully in this particular direction because I know this is the direction that the Lord is calling me unto. So I will be courageous, I will be bold, and I will go forward regardless. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Remember, and he, as, as, as he says, as he says that, and its desire is upon you. Now, if you look at what Jesus, now I want you to see the graveness of what happened to Cain. If you look in Matthew chapter 23, verse 34 to 35, I'm reading from New King James Version. Matthew chapter 24 to 23, 23 verse 34 to 35, the word of God says, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, Wise men and scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Now realize it is strange. These people who, to whom Jesus is speaking, they have had nothing to do with the, with the murder and the killings of the prophets and the denial of the prophets and what have you. But they are in that, in that particular line. And it comes to Jesus tells them, because of, their, because of them rejecting the word that is continually coming across unto them, they are lumped up together with those who had done all this by your wickedness, including from the... And it begins with what Abel, or what, what Cain did. It was an attitude to heal toward his brother, toward his sister, toward, you, toward your brother, toward your sister. And that's why I want us to look in ourselves. We judge each other sometimes very harshly. We criticize each other in such a in such a, a, a nasty way many times, even in the house in the house of God. 
But I want you to remember what he says in, in First John. That, you know, if I hate my brother, I'm just like a murderer. So let us not, you know, belittle some of the things that we do. He says it is lying at the door. The enemy would like to trick you. The anointing that God is placing upon your life or upon my life, he would like to poke into it and place a hole in it so that the ministry that you want to serve God is interfered with simply because of a small negative feeling you have towards your brother or your sister or your, or your family or your parents or whatever. It is, you know, it, it is something you must rule over. Praise God. Don't allow it to lie by your door. Get out, you must rule over it and kick it out of, from, your, from your horizon, declaring that my horizon must be clear completely of any particular of these particular negatives. I am not an, a dwelling place of any of the arrows or any of the plantings of the evil one. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Discipline yourself. I discipline myself. Hear what he says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. 1 John, the letter of 1 John chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. He says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brothers. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Did you hear that? And many times, when we feel bad about, about somebody, many times it is simply reflecting on us that actually what we are doing, what we're involved in is what is amiss, not what he or she is doing. And so we reach out to poke a, 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 a whatever in his eye because we, we feel condemned by whatever it is that is happening in his or her life. And I would pray that by the grace of God, Discover and ask yourself and hear that particular voice. Do you know or who is crouching at your door? What is crouching at your door? That is, that is for Cain. And then if you look in Jude, verse 11, Jude, verse 11, it says that is Jude is towards the end, just before Revelation. In Jude, verse 11, the word of God says, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. Hear how the Bible keeps on referring to what Cain did. And it's all because of envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy, envy and jealousy, and the desire to, you know, to appear in front of the other, to be accepted, not the other be accepted. Let that particular grace come upon us that I will celebrate my sister, I will, uh, she will celebrate me. I will celebrate your blessing and you will celebrate my blessing. Your blessing will be a delight for me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the glory of God because we are one and the same family in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And hence, as I see you magnified and you go further ahead and ahead, I don't feel, why, why not me? Why is it my children are not like that? Why is it my, my brother is not like that? Why is it my family is not like that other family and we are both of us believers? No. Let us look at the other and say, thank you, Father, that you are doing this in the family in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be surprised what is going to happen in your case. Because you have celebrated that other brother or that other sister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is crouching at your door? The blessing that another individual, the exhaling that another individual is having, let it be the reason to cause you to give thanks. When the thought of negative comes into your spirit, go before the Lord and deliberately, not if it's not even a matter of saying, forgive me, it's a matter of going there. When that thought is coming, you start saying, thank you, Jesus, for my brother. Thank you, Jesus, for my sister's family. I bless you for what you are doing for us. 
You know, we take them as if in the battle of your family and you put them onto yourself and you start blessing the Lord and glorifying him. Because the word of God says, casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The way you cast down is when it comes, instead of meditating on it, you start doing exactly the opposite of what it is that it is desiring to bring in your, in your spirit. And in that way, you will rule over it. You will have the muscle. Whenever it will want to appear, it will know, ah, there is no need of going to that particular house. The character will not hear. The character will not even give us an, you know, he will not even give us an ear or even look our direction. He will just lift his hands and start blessing God. So to avoid him blessing God, let us not go there. And they will leave you at, they will leave, it will leave you at peace. You have ruled over it. But the moment you decide, you decide you start saying, that Linda, I don't like that woman. And you start wondering and imagining, I don't like the way she talks to me. I don't, I, the moment you start encouraging that particular thought, oh my, Linda will become a new child before you. And you know, every time you turn, you'll see her, she's right there in your mind, in your head, in your ear, and what have you in no time, you will not be able to have any success in anything. But the moment you see Linda, you start saying, hallelujah, Linda. She's a wonderful lady, by the way. She's not, she's not, she's not. She's not. <laughs> the, the way you start blessing and magnifying the Lord for that brother or for that particular sister, you will be surprised. Suddenly, you will never see any, any negativeness in that individual, in that particular family. You will start feeling that joy about them. It will, the joy will start coming to your family. And that thought or that negativeness will not pass by your door ever again. They will know it will pass by his or her door. Praise will start ascending to God. Jesus will be glorified. So don't go there so hoping that he or she will now not glorify God as a result. The choice is yours. The tricks of the enemy. If you look at Samuel, Second Samuel, if you in Second Samuel, not in Second Samuel, sorry, it is in First Samuel, First Samuel, First Samuel. Let us look at First Samuel first of all. First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse ten. Yeah, First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse ten. Here is another case. Again, another. It's almost like another firstborn. Israel has sought the Lord to receive a king. And this is the man God has chosen. Again, the first one. The enemy seeks always a way to interfere with your first blessing. With a door of favor that God is opening unto you, the enemy will send something to lie at that particular door to wait for you. You know how the enemy says when, the, when you go into enemy territory, if you are on a plane, they have got the radars. The radar is able to pick out straight away, oh, he has come into our airspace. And because he or she has come into our airspace, we can take him, we can take him out. We can send a missile and the missile will bring him, or the missile will bring him down. That's exactly what happens in our spiritual walk. As long as you have discovered the airspace in which you are traveling, you will be safe. But many other times, because when we engage like Cain, when he engaged envy and jealousy, and this particular hatred and the desire to be better than, the better than thou, that particular attitude, you can see what it is that happened. He entered into us, uh, he, he, he was picked on the enemy's radar, and the enemy knew that one. We, uh, we know where we are going to launch and we will get him. 
And so the more he walked out the outside, he was already being monitored, monitored. By the time he got into the field with his brother, they launched the missile. It did the necessary work. He, he came down on Abel. Abel was dead. And he, he came home saying, am I my brother's keeper? And that's exactly what many times we do with our brother and with our sister. May the Lord grant us grace. So, I want you to ask yourself, am I going within the rudder of the enemy? Or am I remaining out of the rudder? So, 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 10, and from verse 10 to verse 23, you'll hear the story. This is Saul whom God had chosen. But at this particular juncture... A moment, a turning moment comes because of some stupid act that this man decides to do. The word of God says from verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when, Saul, when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself, and he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, what then is this bleating of sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen which I hear? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. And Samuel said to Saul, be quiet and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said, uh, he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now, the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you not swap down on the spoil? Why did you swap down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but he brought back Agag. I have utterly destroyed the, the Amalekites, but the people took the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. What is lying at your door? Here, you, you've heard the, the, the story of Saul. And it is, it is a sad story. It is a very sad, it is an extremely sad story. 
But that is essentially what it is that happens to this particular, to this particular man, to this, to this particular man. And I want you to realize that's exactly what it is can happen to you and it can happen to me. What he's saying that this year he has positioned you for great favor and great mercy, great breakthrough, whatever it is that he has designed to, for you to achieve and you will achieve it. Saul achieved it for a time. But in due time, because of one particular thing, the word of God says he was sent to destroy and wipe out everything. But in his mind, there was the essence of fame and vain glory that was emanating from within. There was, he's saying, you know, you've had, he said, people took those things so that they may be able to go to sacrifice to your God. You ask yourself, were they really going to sacrifice all those thousands and thousands of cows and, and sheep and whatever that they had gotten to the Lord? He was simply getting away to get round about the whole story. Furthermore, it is not all the people who had done it. You know what? All those best things had come for who? For the king. Because the king is the one, they were generally selfish guys. He's the one, all those, the spoil would have ended up mostly with him. Very little would have gone to the others. All those best wonderful cows would have been in his, in his, in his fields and in his flock. You know, he will say, yeah, this is what I got from whatever. Then he had gotten anger. At least he can portray him before the people and say, no, this is one of my victories, not the Lord's victories. And I want you to look in yourself and in myself. How many times do we pursue the things so that, you know, will please us and not what is pleasing unto the Lord? He speaks to you clearly that let go, my son. Let go of my daughter of this particular one. But we hold on to it and say, no, Lord, it's going to be for your praise. It's going to be for your glory. Uh, you know, I'm going to use this, Lord, you know, when, when it comes through. I'm going to use it to praise you and to glorify you when it has come my way. Hmm? I know everyone was, was that many times we are guilty. We are guilty of that. We can call all those sorts of blessings to come upon us and we tell the Lord, if you bless me with this one million pounds, oh God, I tell you, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Wait until when the million pounds come. Then you discover a different person altogether. The, the character you thought was going to support the missions and what of you. Nah, nah. The mission will be, I buy myself the, the Rolls Royce. And I said, this is a mission. This is the mission of the, the, the Lord. Has. That's exactly what happens with us human beings. But he says, and you know, and he, 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 the question, let me not go into many stories. The question is, who is lying at your door? I want you to check yourself and to take my, check myself. At the very beginning of this year, we'll tell the Lord, Lord, I want to know what is lying. Open my eyes, open my ears, let me hear. And strange enough, he tells you what it is that he's not expecting you to go to discover it yourself. No, he tells you in advance. He tells you, a son, jealousy is lying down there, outside there. Watch out. You must rule over it. He warns you in advance. And it is now upon you to rule over it by the grace that he bestows, by the grace he bestows upon you. So that is Saul, again the firstborn of the kings of Israel. The enemy comes to plant a seed that is contrary to the will and to the desire of God. He ends up being rejected. Not because God wanted to reject him, but because he has decided to reject the Lord. Hear that. He rejected the Lord. And because he did that, the Lord turned his back on him. 
Next one, I want you to put that in your mind, keep that in your mind, and keep on asking, what is lying at my door? It's an exercise for you and for me to keep on checking as we read the scriptures. At least we may be able to pick out what is it that is lying in my, in my spirit. My dear, I just don't like these people and I don't like that man, I don't like that woman that I'm doing this thing because I just want to hurt him. I just want to make things difficult for him or for her. That, that happens with us every now and then. And it's God's grace to enable us to be able to overcome these particular things. What is lying at the door? What is lying or who is lying at your door? Second Samuel chapter, 5, chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 5. They were up to verse 5. Second Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1 to 5. Who is lying at your door? What is lying at your door? It happened in the spring of the year. At the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Now, why do you hear that? David remained at Jerusalem. He did not go with the rest where all the kings would have gone to battle. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she, she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, and so she went and told David, and said, I am with child. Now, I want you to look at what happens to this particular precious servant of God, David. It is the time the Bible says the kings used to go to battle. But that particular time, David decided, I'm not going to go to battle. It is time for prayer, but that time you decide, ah, I'm not going to go for prayer. This time I'm going to go watch this soap opera, on the, the soap thing on the, on the TV. I love this particular program so much. Prayer can wait for another, for another time. You know, I, you know, I will not go for prayer this time. Uh, I will not go for the fellowship today. There's a party that I've been invited to. I would like to go for that particular party. And it's a party where they will be revealing and dancing to worldly music. You leave the fellowship of the children of God, the means of grace. This is a means of grace, let me tell you. Coming to the fellowship of the believers is a means of grace. It does something powerful in your spirit as a child of God. You choose to go to rebel with the unbelievers and go to you know, shake your body and say, I was exercising the body, you know, Lord, I needed this particular exercise. But then he says, this is what happened to David. In the course of that particular time, he does something unusual. Instead of staying in bed, okay, he decided not to go to, to battle. Instead of staying in bed, the guy decides to come out and to start walking at, you know, on the top of the, of the palace. What was in his mind in going up on the top of the palace? I want you to ask yourself, is it possible that David might have known that at this time, Women might be bathing across, across the, the place because it's a quiet time. Nobody knows what is happening. I just want you to imagine yourself, you know, use your imagination. And in the naughtiness of being a man, he decides to go out and say, let me go, let me go. Maybe I'll have people, some beautiful one who is walking around. And so he goes looking. And sure enough, he was on the radar of the enemy. It is possible that in his heart, 
There was an eye, an eye for women in his spirit. There was an eye for beautiful women and whatever in his heart. And the enemy knew that that particular weakness was there. But the enemy was telling him, but the Lord was telling him, David, sin lies at your door, but you must rule over it. His desire is over you, is for you, but you must rule over it. But he decides not to rule over it. Instead, it was easier to go to battle. And there will be no thought whatsoever of those particular, of getting into that particular scenario. But because he chooses to do his own way, he feeds that particular desire. And as a result, he ends up sinning. And you know what happens later? A curse comes into the house of David. So much trouble as a result of that particular misconduct. Failing to know what is lying at your door. My brother and my sister, it is a simple message. But it's just quick, just a question. Do you know what is lying at your door? Check your heart, check your mind, check yourself. And just ask yourself, do I know what is lying at my door? Quickly, Second Chronicles chapter 18, verse 1 and 4. I'm putting these scriptures across for you just to think about yourself. It, this one is to do with a, a king who was righteous before God. He's called Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles chapter 18, verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. Now listen to that. He had riches and honor in abundance. God had blessed him. And by marriage, he allied himself with Ahab. Ahab was a wicked king. And so the whole of his family was a wicked family. But here, a man of God, a, 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 a precious fear of God, Jehoshaphat, you know, he allied himself through marriage with Ahab. Now listen, after some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him and the people who were with him and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. So Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat answered him, I am sure I, I am as you are. And my people are as your people. We will be with you in the war. Also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Now if you read your own letter, he inquires. And there are prophets who come, 400 of them, and they prophesy and tell Ahab, Go, the Lord has given and in this particular battle into your hands. You will win and you will come up back victorious. But listen to verse 18. Jehoshaphat insists, no, call somebody else. So when somebody else comes, he's called Micaiah. Then Micaiah, that is, is a prophet. And Micaiah said, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right and his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go up and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look. Micaiah is saying, the Lord has put a lying spirit 
in the mouth of these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. So they went to battle. So the king, in verse 28, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle. But you put on your robes, so, uh, put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots who were with him saying, Fight with no one small or great, but only with the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore they surrounded him to attack. But Jehoshaphat cried out and the Lord helped him and God diverted them from him. Now listen, here is a man who feared God. He allies himself with the wicked. The wicked are smart. They know that the word of God has come. That you're going to go to that battle, you will not come back. So he's clever. He says, you know what? You dress as the king. Me, I will just disguise myself. I'll be like a common soldier behind here. So nobody will know who I am. He knew very well that when they reach there, the people will surround whoever is dressed as the king and kill him. The associations you have, be very careful. Praise the Lord. The engagements we engage ourselves in, be very alert and be very careful, child of God. You will get yourself destroyed for no reason at all. Funny enough, God had spoken and Jehoshaphat heard clearly what the Lord said. But what happened? He still goes ahead and goes to war. And he knows disaster has been planned against this particular event. It's not going to succeed. But he still goes ahead. Know what is lying at your door. Many times we are laid like sheep. Only on, it is as if, if someone has put a, a rope around your neck and you are falling, going straight away into destruction. And the Lord has spoken a thousand and one words into your head. And we are so dumb. We keep on going, going across and we are being pulled into that particular destruction because of what is in our heart. Because of what is lying at the door. The enemy has discovered he or she is in love with this particular characteristic. And so we will catch him or her on that. You and I, we must rule over it. Praise the Lord. Remember, as he said, his desire is for you. Jehoshaphat, if you go to chapter 19, hear what the Lord says in chapter 19, verse, verse, verse 1 and 2. Then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned. On that day, Ahab was killed, but the Lord delivered Jehoshaphat because of his mercy. Then Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. That is chapter 19. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, a prophet, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Praise God. I hope that one speaks for itself. Let there be a clear line of demarcation between the works of darkness and the works of light in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You stand to be blessed as a result. Hallelujah. And then, as we move on, if you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 35 and 37, 
I told you we'll get a lot of scriptures. We are nearing the end. Don't mind. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 35 to 37. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Hazia, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly. And he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made ships in Ezion Geba. But Eliezer, the son of Do Dodaba, or Marasha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked, so that they were not able to go to Tarshish. Praise God. That's a harsh one. But you can hear. Jehoshaphat has not learned his lesson. Allying himself with, with Ahab. You know why he allied himself with Ahab? Because of tradition. Tradition demanded that if you're a king, you should marry into royalty. You don't just marry any other, any other, any other, any other girl from anywhere. And so, because he was an Israelite, he had to marry into a king's house. So the only king that was nearby was to go to Ahab, the wicked house and get a girl from Ahab so that he, he can be married into that, uh, that family and they can have an alliance. But it's an alliance with the wicked. There were beautiful women in, in Judah whom he could have picked on and the Lord would have blessed this particular man of God mightily. But because of tradition and culture, he insists I must go royalty, must marry royalty. So he goes across into the land of the wicked and goes to marry a wicked person. It brings destruction into his own house. My brother, my sister, let there be a clear line of demarcation between you and the wicked. Know what is lying at the door. Praise the Lord. You will not miss or lack anything. You will be blessed mightily by the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hear what happens after that situation. Again, he allies himself with the son of, of, of Ahab. Ahaziah was the son of Ahab. Uh, Jehovah again goes because of kingdom he wants to ally himself and you know, his heart there is money there is money you know, they were going to get gold from Tashish and he told you know you're going to make gold you're going to make much money out of this transaction so they, he agrees with Ahaziah let us get into league let us make ships you know we shall travel to Tashish bring the gold and mm, it's going to be lovely how many times do we do that in business we get into courts with the wicked and we, we do all sorts of things to succeed. May the Lord help us. This year, there must be a change for you, a child of God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says, because you have allied yourself with Hazia, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked, so they were not able to go to Tarshish. Go back and in at home and yourself and, you know, lay everything before the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry if I've allied myself in this place. I know I have allied myself with the wicked, with the wicked, with the wicked. Lord, I present, I surrender this into your holy hands. He will direct you on what to do. And you will start seeing victory and wonderful breakthrough in this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Quickly, let us finally jump into the New Testament and only look at two cases and then we are through. The word of God says in, in John chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. John chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. We have looked in the Old Testament. Let us look a bit in the New Testament. Then, that is chapter 12, verse 1 to 6 of John, the gospel. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany with where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. 
There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat with him at the table. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, or spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, say, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. Now, if you go on to chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 21, from verse 21 to 30, when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus, bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him and asked him to ask whom he, of whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What do you what you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some, some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast, or he should give something to the poor. Having received a piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. Now, briefly, I want you to look at uh, Judas. The Bible says, or, 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 says or, the one who was to betray Jesus. But I want you to notice, this man was with Jesus for three whole years. He participated in the ministry of the Lord for three whole years. He saw the wonders and the move of the power of the Spirit of God as they were chanced to, part to participate in it. But something was lying at his door. He was supposed to rule over it, but he didn't manage to rule over it. The love for money. He loved money. And he loved to enjoy, you know, he, he, you know, there are people who love the very smell of money. It's very strange. Human beings are strange characters. And, you know, it is so, so, so funny, but they are just papers or what have you, but you see somebody, you know, he, he wants to do, and they feel that, you look at him and you wonder what's wrong with this character. But that is essentially what happens in the life of human beings. That was Judas. What was lying at his, it was not love for Jesus. It is love for what I'm gaining out of this particular ministry. So the word of God says, he kept on taking from that particular basket. It reached a point that when he realized, ah, when because of the, you know, the, this woman destroying a whole 300 denarii, just pouring it on the feet of this man, what such a waste. He mean, have missed out that. So the thought started flicking in his mind. How can I make uh, some profit out of this? So, oh, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. The Pharisees are looking for this guy. I know he has the power to disappear when he's caught. So what I'll do is I'll talk to the Pharisees, I'll betray him. And I'll get some, some, money out of, some money out of them. So what I've lost because of this money, this denarii that has been lost for pouring the fragrance, I'm going to do what? You can hear the plans of the enemy in his head. He betrays the Lord, and what happens? The Lord doesn't disappear this time. The Lord, he gives himself over to be crucified. And the guy discovers, ah, no. I, I thought it was happening because this was his cash cow. 
He knew he was making money out of that every other day, every other. So he would have wanted the ministry to continue on and on and on. But he discovers, ah, it has come to an end. He has killed himself. What have I done? What a stupid thing is this I've done? He runs and goes and hangs himself. Because he realizes his livelihood is ended. The whole thing, has, his plan has been blown. That is the plan of the enemy. He will destroy you or me if we don't rule over that which he is, you know, continually placing before our eyes. Make a decision in your heart, oh my brother, I'm going to rule over it in Jesus' name. Amen? And least of all, as you go, remember Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, and that is the story of Ananias. I will just read only part, uh, part one, that maybe verse, verse five, verse five, or rather from verse one up to maybe verse, verse five. He says, but a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to him, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart with a lie, you know, to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived these things in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now I want you to take note of one thing. If there was a desire for fame, a desire to be known in this particular man. Barnabas had sold his land and given everything, you know, without even thinking even one thing about it. He just, oh, the Lord wants me to give this. He took up the money, gave everything across, and he's continually blessing the Lord that this will work for the ministry and serve the saints. And Ananias looks at him and says, oh, Lord, Barnabas has looked so good, man, in the eyes of the, of the, of the apostles. I also must make for myself a name. So he goes, sells the land, but he says they will not know. He cuts some of it. Take this so that they will think we have also done something in the house of God. Let us be alert. Whatever we do, it is for what? For his glory. Not for our fame and not for our praise. Ananias ends up in the, in the, in the, in the grave because he did not know what was lying at his house. List of all, can you read later on in your own time? Psalms 119 verse 2. The Bible says, blessed are those who seek. Or rather, blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Who seek him with the whole heart. The testimony of the Lord is what we have been reading. And in chapter 19 of Psalms verse 7, the word of God says, the commandment of the Lord is pure, converting the soul. And the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. What we have been reading is the testimony of the Lord right from Cain. Right, they come to Saul, come to David, come to Ananias, come to, you know, every one of these particular or Jehoshaphat. Every one of them, those are testimonies of the Lord. He is speaking to you and to me, telling us this is what happens. When you choose to walk the way of the Lord and yet link yourself with the wicked. And he's saying in, in Psalms chapter 119 verse 2, he says, Blessed is that person who keeps the testimony of the Lord, who seeks him with the whole heart. 
Let that be you, let that be me. And secondly, in chapter 19, verse, verse 7 of Psalm, chapter 19, verse 7, he says that, you know, the commandment of the Lord is pure, converting the soul. You know his commandment, it will change your heart. It, you, you will not desire what is lying at the door, at your door. You will kick it out and clean your compound to make sure that nothing foul remains at your door. And then he finalizes and he says that, you know, the testimony of the Lord, what the Lord has done, if you feel it in your mind and in your heart and in whatever, you read this word and read those particular stories, I tell you the Bible says the testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. Praise God. If you want to know his wisdom, learn his testimonies. Did you hear me? Don't disregard those stories. That are just stories in the Oh No, 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 no. Those stories are powerful. I want you to take time. Read them over and over again. They do something in the inner man. In Jesus' name. Shall we pray?